You're listening to Now I've Heard Everything, interviews from the 80s, 90s, and 2000s with voices from the past. I take people who the average person says there is no hope. She's not attractive, no way somebody can make her attractive. And I always find a way of making a particular person attractive. Renowned hairstylist Jose Bear. Today on Now I've Heard Everything, I'm Bill Thompson. remember the 1970s TV show Charlie's Angels? And do you remember co-star Farrah Fawcett and that magnificent, flowing, iconic hairstyle of hers? Well, if you remember, that's the work of Jose Hebert, who in the 1970s and 80s established himself as one of the premier hairstylists to the stars. Today, Jose Hebert is known not only for his luxury salons, but his line of hair care products. I met him in 1990 when he published his second book called Beyond Hair. So here now from 1990, Jose Hebert. Why is it that most makeover, either in a magazine or in a book such as this, the before picture always looks like a police mugshot, and the after picture always looks like a Ford agency model? Oh, because, I mean, I mean, in, in my, I don't know what other people do, so they have no idea because I really don't, me, I don't really watch other makeovers. I'm so concerned with the one I do. In my case, I, I know it's hard to believe. I know that I made a point of reading about, uh, writing about it, is when you look at the before shots, each time even I did television shows, I never really make them look unattractive. What I do is I choose people who do look unattractive, but I see the potential. Like every single woman, and I wish, I mean, and some, some people will do it, more closer to Los Angeles, obviously, will meet some of those regular... Mm-hmm. This is the way they looked. When you talk to every one of them, we didn't make them look unattractive. That's the way the before it was. I did actually a kind of like a cattle call, and I looked for... I chose 20 of the most unattractive women that I could find in purpose because I saw beauty in them. They didn't, because when I was asking around, I mean, they didn't see anything beautiful about themselves, but I did see it. So I get off, actually, of bringing out the beauty in, in this individual. So the before shots, like you're describing, they look like belongs in, <laughs> like you say, where was it belong? Uh, mug, mug shots. Mug shot, exactly. <laughs> but the after shot, obviously, when you brought out every single beauty, I mean, you have a different attitude. It's, it's the woman herself. It's not so much the photography. The woman herself, all of a sudden, when she looks the way she looks afterwards, she gives you a different attitude. She has this, I mean, you know, the neck is stretching. I mean, the smile is more sophisticated. I mean, she has this kind of uh, uh, sexiness in the eye. Mm -hmm. And it comes across. Yes, you can say the lighting it's a little touch different. Obviously, when you deal with a beautiful subject, you, you put it so certain light that you don't put in when the subject is not beautiful yet. So there is a difference, but we don't do it. I mean, at least in my case, I really, I promise and I guarantee you, I don't make them look worse before. I really don't. <laughs> because I'm trying to stay as realistic as possible. With this vision that you have, if, if you can look at a woman and, and see the potential, you walk down the street thinking, oh, so many women, so little time. <laughs> I sometimes do. Sometimes it, it, it gets me, I'm, I'm uncomfortable. 
I'm uncomfortable. It's not that I want to put my hands on every woman. That's not the point. But I say, why would she walk around that way? I'm kind of like, I would like, that's what I'm doing. I mean, besides writing books and being in my salons, is I'm trying to get this message across women. Do the best that you have. I mean, don't just let yourself looking this way with almost like pitiful that you really, I mean, it's like, and I don't understand it. And it's almost like very low self-esteem about yourself. That's what I noticed. And that's why I kind of concentrated in this new book that I have about inner beauty, about self-esteem, respect yourself, like yourself. L when you look at it in the mirror, appreciate what you see and don't always be so difficult on yourself saying, I hate the way I look and I will never look so, the way this particular model looks in this magazine, that's not true because there is potential with every woman and there's also beauty in every woman. In other words, look beyond hair. Beyond hair, totally. Is that where the title came from? Absolutely. I mean, I needed to get across the point because I did in 1982, I did a book, Shake Your Head, Darling, and it was a totally different angle. I mean, it was a more, much more con uh, about face shape, lifestyle, and I used a lot of my famous clients as examples. This time around, I mean, because I learned so much over the last eight years, since my first book came out, I learned so much about about the way women feel about themselves by traveling, by giving seminars. And I noticed there's such low self-esteem about this woman out there. It made me, this makes me like totally uncomfortable. And, I, and then that's why when I, I wanted to find a title and wanted to show the woman it start with, beauty start with within first. You must feel beautiful inside before it's going to come across on the outside. Now, if a woman has some uh, low self-esteem to begin with, she may look at your book in the bookstore. She'll say, well, gee, this is interesting. These are, are beautiful women. How fortunate they were. But how can I buy a book? And I mean, this is Josea Bear. I mean, I, I can't take this home and do this same thing, can Nobody's going to motivate them. It's not so much to do it yourself at home. It's what I hope with that is to motivate the woman after they're reading and after they're reading the comments of all the ladies inside, that they will motivated to go to their local stylist. I mean, I'm not trying to promote my salon by doing this book at all. My, pro my salon are doing very well, and I'm not, I'm not about to try to, to get everybody in, out of America to come to Beverly Hills, out of the question. But what I'm trying to get the message across is that these ladies are motivated to go to their local person, and not maybe to just one. There is better stylists in every city. I mean, some of them are bad and some of them are very good. To find the right one and give this person a chance to say, go ahead, do what you think is right for me. Because a lot of women don't do that. I mean, they still are totally paranoid about changes. They kind of some like their husbands, their boyfriends don't want them to change on top of it because they feel threatened. Mm -hmm. I mean, I did it. I mean, in this area, I did a makeover in this Washington area today, actually. It didn't air yet, but strangely enough, I mean, the boyfriend was there. We were kind of like, we, 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 we put him, I mean, we didn't want him to see what I was going to do to his girlfriend. And I asked her, I say, does your boyfriend, doesn't mind what length you're going to go? No, he likes long hair. What did I do? I cut it short. <laughs> <laughs> and then we had the boyfriend come in and he loved it. You see, but they all have this kind of idea, oh, no, I don't like my mm. wife, I don't like my girlfriend with short hair. Oh, like the, one, like the husband who didn't want, who said, cut any hair, any color but red, 
It's like they don't know. So why do they get kind of like mixed up? Leave it to the professional because we are there to make any kind of woman look her best. And I mean, you want your wife, your girlfriend to look her best because her attitude is going to be positive. She's going to feel great. She's going to be nicer to, to her man. She's going to better relationship, better career. Because when you feel good about yourself, I mean, you, 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 by thinking positive, you, you attract positive towards you. You know that. And that's why, I mean, sometimes men shouldn't get involved with that. I have this problem because some women still listening very much so. And they say, oh, no, my husband doesn't want me with short hair. No way, I cannot go with short hair. Or I don't, he doesn't like me as a redhead. He doesn't like me as a blonde. I say, come on, it's not, it's beyond hair. You're going to go by what he say about your hair? I mean, when he, he is in love with you, he accepts you the way you are. And you, as a redhead, brunette, blonde, short hair, long hair, curly hair, straight hair. After this short break, Jose Hebert explains why your personality better match your hair color. Now back to my 1990 conversation with Jose Hebert. Are there some women for whom there is no hope? <laughs> I no. Mean, to, to put it charitably. <laughs> I know, I know. No, that's what I say. And I know it sounds difficult to believe that I say there is hope for everybody. And I say it over and over with very much pride, and I'm very secure, and I like to be challenged, and I make it very challenging on me to prove it to myself that I, I, I can do what I believe in. Give it, there is hope for everybody. I do it every day out of my life. I take people who the average person says there is no hope. They would say there is no hope. She doesn't... She doesn't look attractive. She's not attractive. No way somebody can make her attractive. And I always find a way of making a particular person attractive. And I make it difficult on me. I always choose. When I do live seminars and I choose people from the audience, I never take easy, easy ones. I never do. I take the most difficult one with baby fine hair, who didn't cut their hair in 20 years, who, I mean, uh, have heavy, round faces. I mean, really, with a double chin. I mean, I make it so difficult on me. First of all, it looks better for me, because I, 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 I at least the audience who's watching is motivated. So when he can do this to this one, then he can do even miracles with me. So it's great also for the response to do that. But I kind of back, back, back up my belief that there is hope for everybody. Are you an artist? Is it, yeah. Do you do you have? Is it something? Obviously, you've got a natural. Uh, you you were born with some kind of ability, but what what do you? How do you build upon that natural ability? It's an eye. I mean, that's definitely you have to have the eye. I was very blessed and lucky. I mean, that's again, there's something you don't learn. I mean, that's you're born with it or you you're not. And I was born with this eye who kind of can look at somebody and instantly see what's what's. What would look good on her hair color, haircut, makeup, even close to a degree? I don't get involved with the clothes yet. Eventually I will, but, but right now I'm, I'm keeping it with makeup and hair. And it's something that I have natural in me, yes, and I consider myself uh, artistic, and I consider myself that blessed with this talent. It's almost like almost psychic. You almost like you just see oh, an totally, aura. Totally, totally. Oh, yeah, I have a lot of psychic abilities in me. You have to, actually, in what I do. 
I mean, in our profession, you have to. Because dealing with people all day long, you better has this... I mean, in order to be successful, psychic ability are helping you a lot. Because when you look at somebody and kind of you know what they're thinking and you know there's a certain way of talking to them. And I always manage to tell the people what they want to hear, strangely enough. And they always would tell me, and I am not a surprise because they say, oh, how did you know that I wanted that? How did you know I said because I can read through you? And I can. So I'm lucky. Now, let's talk about color for a moment. Now, how can you tell if, if you, you're looking at a woman and you're saying, gee, that just black hair just doesn't quite work. Maybe it should be, maybe it should be red. It's a matter of personality. This, this morning, I, I met a girl here, and she, of course, means it's the problem of my life. Every woman who meets me wants to know what to do with her hair. So again, this happened just like a few hours ago. A woman, I said, you must be a redhead. And she said, why would it be a redhead? Because I said, I can see that your personality is the personality of a redhead. She said, how did you find out? She didn't talk to me. I just could see the sparkle in her. She should have been a redhead. She was not. She was like a dirty blonde but she should have been a red, and she will be a redhead after I told her so. But I mean, about hair coloring, it's, it's an instinct. It's also, it has to go with skin. Obviously, the color of the skin is extremely important. The color of the eyes are very important. But on top of it, the personality is important. You, in order to carry red, in order to carry black, in order to be a platinum blonde like a Madonna, you better have the personality to go with it. Hmm. Because it's a major statement, being platinum blonde, being black hair hmm. color, or, or flaming red, you better have the personality to carry this color. And a lot of people out there do have it. Hmm. I mean, I don't see, let's say, some housewife, lots of children, semi-conservative, walking around with flaming red hair or, or platinum blonde. This is a woman who doesn't going to have time to paint her face on a daily basis. She's not going to have time to wear ex uh, eccentric clothes. I mean, she's going to be like maybe in sweatpants and a t-shirt and then white hair. She's going to look totally awful. So you also have to go with what you do and your lifestyle and your... You know, I mean, there's a lot of factors involved with hair coloring. But more or less, anyway, I don't go into this bright coloring. More or less, I am saddled with color. Because like in the 90s, I changed my taste in coloring. I mean, I like them more and more natural now. I mean, I used to love all this fake coloring. <laughs> I used to. And now the, the years went by, and you always go back to na nature. You always go back to classical. Mm. You always come back. Your taste always comes back to that. And with hair coloring, that's what I have now. Josea Bear is 72 now and still making women beautiful. And you can find easy Amazon links to Josea Bear's books at our website, HeardEverything.com. And while you're at HeardEverything.com, be sure to listen to my 2003 interview with someone else who knows a bit about beauty, supermodel Iman. Nowadays, young girls are bombarded with uh, extreme makeovers, uh, cosmetic surgery at a very young age. And um, in a way, I wanted them to try to find uh, the natural beauty and the natural God-given features. And my 2001 conversation with the founder of The Body Shop, Anita Roddick. People don't want big brands. They want brands that have an honorable code of conduct. They want brands that not only produce great products, but they want to know that the company is also being honorable. And of course, we post new episodes here every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. And you can find us on all major podcast platforms. And thanks for listening.
Next time on Now I've Heard Everything, a very important anniversary has arrived, the 75th anniversary of the day an African-American player was allowed to play Major League Baseball for the first time. So next time on Now I've Heard Everything, my 1996 interview with Jackie Robinson's widow, Rachel Robinson. When he talked to Branch Rickey, he called me from New York. I was in California, and he said, I've got this wonderful opportunity. I don't know what it means, but he's invited me to join the organized baseball. We couldn't begin to understand the impact of that. That's next time on Now I've Heard Everything. I'm Bill Thompson. 